Never in the history of the world have the merchants of obscenity had available to them the modern facilities for disseminating this filth. Disseminating this filth. The onslaught of the communist masters of deceit. Bingo. Sluts. Pinko. Comma. Sluts. Pinko. Comma. Sluts. Pinko. Comma. Boston accent. No, I'm not doing again. it again. I'm it not was, doing uh, it. I do declare <laughs> park the car in Harvard Yard. <laughs> I'm not doing it again. I don't. I refuse oh, to. I refuse so to play if by your trickery. I would have been recording. Well, Jennifer. yeah. Welcome to Pinko Kami Sluts, everyone. We're uh, firmly in it, it was, 2022. It was the Boston accent of someone who got My Fair Lady, but like was only halfway through the movie. Oh, I, I like that. I like that. Uh, no, there's a comic I'm friends with who does this bit where he's like, I'm a vampire from Boston, but his Boston accent is so bad <laughs> that it's so funny to me in an unintentional way. And it's a very funny comic. Every other bit, is it's not like this is definitive of whatever, but it's very funny because he's like, Blah, I'm from Boston. <laughs> like, that's not what it seems like. Well, like, is it an intentional, like, anti-joke no, where it, he's building nah, up, like, I, You know, oh, officially, I, I, I will say yes. Blood. Officially, I say yes in, in a professional respect for You're my friend. defending your friend. But unofficially, no. I think he just did this bit one night and got attached to it. And to him, he thinks he sounds like Boston. And I get really fascinated when... Like a regular when, Jimmy Fallon. Like, I get fascinated when people can't... Because I sometimes can't hear a dialect or accent like... Somebody was like, oh, can you do a Hillary Clinton impression? I was like, nope. <laughs> I was like, it's too flat and boring. Like, I do, can't. There's nothing to hook Give me into. Melania. There, yeah, there's like, a famous uh, family story that my mom was reading me and my sister, uh, Pinocchio. And... <laughs> uh, the traditional... Uh, the, the, like, uh, the original how, book. How would you say Pinocchio in your mother tongue? <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, and there Pinocchio. was one night... Pinocchio. There was one night Pinocchio. in which my uh, mom couldn't read to us, so my dad was, and we both were like, no, you can't read this book. You don't know how to speak Italian like mom does. And my dad got, like, mad pissed off. That's hilarious. I like it when children inspire weird competitions between parents. Right. Because growing up, I always had it where I was growing up primarily around my Greek family, and somebody would say some fucking crazy Greek shit to me, and I'd repeat it. My mom would be like, okay, no. <laughs> like, my mom was always like, it's just whatever. Like, anything that had any sort of, like, profundity or gravitas. Oh, man. Well, guys, Bob Saget just died. Yeah, so that's the week, I guess. Yeah, today, uh, an hour ago, we found out that... Uh, yeah, Steve got here and said it, and I was like, what? It's not true. Steve is lying. No, I just, it's... 
This is a tough one for me. It's a tough one for 90s kids. It's a it's a tough one for anybody who likes sitcoms in the 90s. Yeah. Well, look, I thought Danny Tanner was a real possible kind of dad you could have. And I was like, fuck you, dad. He and could he, be this other kind of dad, a damn man. Immigrant. And then it turns out Bob Saget in real life is actually a lot like my actual dad. So, well, uh, just like very dirty. But, uh, um, but uh, I've heard always an absolute it, protective sweetheart to the kids on that show. Yes. Like absolutely took that shit have, seriously as a responsibility. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about working with him. Uh, one time he walked into a bar in Baltimore when there was a comedy club downtown. And he walked in and my friend said, hey, it's Bob Saget. And he was like, hey, it's Bob Saget. And made fun of her and it was awesome. Uh, just like <laughs> in the moment quick, he just gave it to us and did not give us anything else. It was... Perfect. Oh God, his ghost is here right now. I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. We gotta do the soon. bit. We gotta uh, do the bit. He's like, uh, he's he's even saying it's too soon. The so. laugh tracks are <laughs> like how I right gestured now. like he's right here. Uh, sorry, the you can't, can't see hear that. that gesture. Yeah, I gestured because I. They also can't see look, the ghost. I'm good at improv, guys. So look, I designated a physical space for his spirit to occupy on. Anyway, we love Bob Saget. I am so sorry for John Stamos. Uh, They were still really good friends. And, yeah, I mean, John Stamos, I think I met him once when I was very little. Yeah, there was a... Think you did? Well, okay, I was like three years old, and there's pictures of it, of a wedding at the local church, and John Stamos and another Full House guy John Stamos is holding Stephen. No one else in the family remembers this. There was a family member who was getting married who was related to John Stamos, or, or one of the cast of Full House, and I am in a picture with the Full House cast. I okay, Steve, you, you need to find this, this picture. picture. This is probably a lie. Week. This is probably a lie. next week, I want this picture. Stephen, call your mother. Yeah, we're going to call your mom. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen, I'm going to comment on your mom's just Yeah, we're going to comment Saget on her Bob Saget yeah. <laughs> My mom had an excellent Bob Saget yeah, pose your, tonight. Your mom Shout had- out to my mom. Yeah, no, that's like, it was, honestly... She, it's like she knows we look at it and is like, I'm going to do boomer performance art. Yeah, it's honestly fairly adorable. If All right, um, um, she she posted a happy tell it on the mountain, R.I.P. Bob Saget died. She posted the, like, cheering the for 2022 background, picture right? background. The avatar of, of herself. The, yeah, of the little Picru guy. Of, like. Well, no, that's her avatar because she looks like a lesbian. Yeah. She's like a bull dyke. Mm, yeah. No, I'm not going to say anything about your mom's looks because I'm, like, a dignified person who wouldn't do that. You just call your mom. She used to hit on yeah, women. No, what she used, kind of white people are you? She used to. <laughs> well, she okay, used. Okay, basically okay. Basically, the I, Greenbergs, but less ethnic. Okay, I have a good. You mean I, the Goldbergs? Or the, yeah, the yeah. Goldbergs. Greenbergs. <laughs> what kind of anti-Semite are you? Yeah, I got my Jewish family sitcoms confused. Okay, I will tell you this thing. We used to go to trivia night with my mom, and she would hit on the uh, lesbian waitresses to try to coerce them to get the answers from the next tables. 
And she, it sounds like your mom's a little Machiavellian. She is absolutely yeah. a Machiavellian, but she's got like the, the hair. Is my new bit going to be defending Steve's mom <laughs> on the grounds of a Machiavellian <laughs> genius? <laughs> I mean, the, Steve's mom has Given a. Given that I know the least about Steve's mom, psychologic uh, profile, but there's also a non-zero chance she'd like listen to this. Maybe, maybe it would come. And serious. in that case, I just want to say, "Hi, Steve's mom. I'm on your side." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got um, one in your corner. Because I feel your, like your I vibe enough like to know that I should, ago, if you were listening, tell you I'm on your side for sure. <laughs> It's just the vibe I'm getting. Um, also, I'm pro-lady, uh, but in a way that's, like, sometimes uh, detrimental. Mm, you know? Yeah, and that fits. That tracks. Moving on, Omicron is popping off in all of your latest... Omicron and Delta have had a baby in Cyprus. Oh, oh yeah, no. Haven't you heard? It's Omidata. Turkish. The Cyprus variant is Turkish. It's Aphrodite rising from the sea on the coast of Greek Cyprus. <laughs> it is from Turkish Republic yes, of Yes, I know Cyprus. where all the goddesses and gods were born in the... So, Aphrodite born in Cyprus. Hera born on my family's island of Samos. So, yes, yeah, the new variant Cretan is the... Turkish Republic of North Cyprus variant. Yeah. Is South Africa merging with Turkey? South Africa's been a variant. Well, that was the Omicron. I literally read nothing except that Cyprus reported it. And I just and then listened that, to that Bonnie it was this hybrid and I re- I retweeted it. And Typical I, Cypriot move. Yeah. I researched the Cyprus conflict a little bit oh uh, so I'd have jokes, but well, all I know is that there's a million people being recorded to having it. And I'm surprised that none of us have gotten it. We're in a bad time, guys. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it might be that I'm on the spectrum, that I'm able to be so awestruck so frequently. Uh, but I feel this way in a in a bad way a lot recently, where I'm just like, I can't believe how the most generous way I could look at how our government is handling things is that they are just like, oh, please, God, fix it. <laughs> like... That's like the most generous version of whatever. Also, these things they're putting on the website where they're like, yeah, get back to work, you vaccinated pieces of shit. That's what's important. It's like, this is not. There's a certain level of uh, resignation uh, to this whole. uh, But who are, like, I understand a little bit why so many people have just fallen into these weird conspiracy holes. Well, that gets into my point about the mass formation psychosis. Mass formation psychosis. Mass (laughs) formation <laughs> I, I don't remember which one is Masturbation Psychosis by Noam Chomsky. <laughs> all right, so some dipshit went on Joe Rogan. And now all the chuds and all of the uh, in, in, term. enlightened people, much like CRT popped off. Critical race theory. Now is like, let's go Brandon. Now it's turned into mass formation psychosis. We're going through the three-worded... It's like a long framework that basically is like, oh, what if the media was gaslighting you? Just 
That's what it is. What if the media, for reasons I can't quantify exactly, were doing this and making us scared? Because that is also what I'd like to believe more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love a million people right? have like, that's Omicron. What pe- like, that's what it is. I'm like, whatever. You're all bitches. Guess what? Everyone who believes this shit, I think you're a little bitch. Yeah, um, and I looked true. into the deep space in our apartment where Rob Saget's standing to say yeah. that. Yeah, um, I think here. you're a little bitch. Um, I think you're weak. I think you're cowards um, because you can't handle that sometimes shit is fucked. <laughs> and we don't know why. We could deal with it like we want to solve a problem. Or we can just keep doing this shit where we're like, coming up with new magical stories about how it's not really like it's going to be a fine and then people in power are like yeah maybe it's going to fix itself essentially. Well this gets back to an earlier episode we had about how they don't really have a plan and uh, I think it was when we were discussing well maybe there should be a nationalized plan and response to it that they immediately abandoned and now they're completely abandoned yeah it. no it feels like well we already did this stuff in you know 2021 you think we're gonna do it again <laughs> yeah right in 2020 yeah. we can't really do it again like we already did it you look at the numbers and it's like well it sort of seems like the indicators that the last time you said and then it seems like the government keeps saying different things so why do we trust them and they never give us anything for free anyway so like why the fuck and they're fucking cowards that that will never make the brave choice of trying to actually enforce no trying to just actually solve a problem like fucking ever sticking to anything because it's the safe right thing to do for people. I didn't have high expectations, but it's just like, wow. And then I'm like, well, what's, I don't know, because there's a huge gap in my sort of like disparate knowledge of what you're supposed to do in these situations as like a mere citizen. So I'm like, oh no, like I'm realizing, oh, it's like this bad. And then I'm like, but wait, when do I start killing them? You know, like I'm like, give me the in-between smarter people. really pisses me? Tell me what actionable steps I'm supposed to do with this shit. What pissed me (laughs) off is that there was this overarching, I think, unconscious utilitarian argument that was constantly being made that drove me insane by the Cuomo administration in New York and now by the national government, which is how much money are we willing to risk to save X amount of lives? And they always put it in those terms in New York, and now they're putting it in terms of the nation. And that, to me, seems undeniably cruel because right and you have that on one hand and you know fuck off i don't believe you people i'm gonna just do whatever the fuck i want on the other hand and you know when it is actually against something that's fairly on its own kind of monstrous like okay fine like whatever you guys don't really give a shit if i live or die at least i'm gonna do what i like doing and go to work and have money to spend on shit that i like to spend money on But it's like, come on. If you want to look at the failures of the institution, it's like the the CDC changing the guidelines from 10 days to 5 days. Uh, Yeah, no, I had to look it up because of the memes. Yeah. Like, like, CDC says, like, just the tip isn't sex or whatever the fuck. (laughs) Yeah. But Um, it, it does 
speak to a, I think a a deep mistrust or a justified mistrust in the institution that is measuring your life against yeah. uh, an amount of money that you would be losing for uh, the state. You know, like there is in fact a, a liberal economic argument as to legitimately why the state does not want a bunch of people to continue to spread COVID around. Oh, that's the worst part of all of this is that there's legitimate arguments for doing the right things on... (laughs) Right, but, but my point is, like, that argument is not an argument that gives a shit about you as a person. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, I feel like... Well, what I'm saying is it gives this idea that it's like, oh, these people don't really care about me. They're not thinking about my safety. So why should I fucking believe anything they say that is good for me? They don't care. And even Not only do when- they not care, sometimes I, I suspect they're antithetical to my existence. Well, I mean, like, and again, like, legitimately, there's a reason that the government is making the vaccination available for free to everyone, and it's not to put a microchip in you. It is actually to try and stop the spread of COVID because it would be better if COVID wasn't being spread so much. But that reason also at the same time is not a reason from any sort of compassion for anyone suffering or dealing with any aspect of it. I feel like part of the desire to believe something like mass formation psychosis is the inequities that the pandemic has made so much more apparent to people who maybe weren't tuned in are like so uncomfortable that they're like, nope, 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 this is a fucking... But the interesting thing is the reaction is what I should be doing and what the government is stopping me from doing is going to work and going shopping and stuff and spending my money. And things that they want us to do. This is like... like, uh, Why not just give us... But I mean, All a huge count- stimulus will give you the fucking money back immediately. Well, no, no, my point, my point that I'm trying to make is that's sort of the counter-cultural, the people who believe in these conspiracy theories, their essential ultimate expression of counterculture is to be productive cogs within capitalism, and they feel like there is, in fact, a mass conspiracy from capitalists and the government to stop them from doing that. For yes, which is illogical. Uh, which is, like, frankly, you know, I mean, like... But then it's like, I, what is a life? I would, I would be happy if I was Zizek. It is really like, damn, that's some ideology right there, where it's just like, it is. You're, you have a belief system that is telling you the U.S. government does not want you to go to work. Or to Applebee's. Or Applebee's. And the thing you can do to resist the United States government is to go to work in Applebee's. In s- and then it's it's like- a, an amazing set of ideology. Yeah, no, that's, that's pretty cool, actually. It's, it's, it is cool, and it's cool because I feel like I can tune in to how real that feels for some people literally the real i'm saying like there's a reason why it's compelling because like there's a they can relate to something i would do for fun 
<laughs> I can't do. It doesn't matter in this broader context of who it is, what it is, whatever. Like, I'd organize my life in this certain way. Like, for your part, Bunny, your reaction was, give us money. Give us a lot of... That is always... Money solves literally 99% of all the problems. better, more rational response Literally, Europe did it. anything not to do it. Uh, It is... Well, no, I'm saying from the... From these these countercultural or whatever you want to call them types that are saying like, oh yeah, this is all a giant conspiracy. What they should be saying is government should be giving me money right now. I want my money now. Money me. Money, please. Yeah, that is what everybody should be saying collectively. Uh, okay. Who gives a fuck about okay, but, disparate but things? Honestly, I, I, you know, yeah, yeah, no, that, that's is, what a, that is it. But what they're, what they're instead no more saying details, is, give us money. Is the I government really should let sincere. me go to work and go to Applebee's? That's but, what they're demanding instead. But also, isn't that like, isn't that dichotomy just a fucking modern version of like, what is nature and what is man and whatever? Like, ultimately, who gives a fuck if somebody's fun thing is going to Applebee's? Oh right? uh, no, no, I don't, I don't, you know I, mean? I don't care. Like, no, we no, don't I'm actually not even care trying about to that, disp- right? Barrage Applebee's. I'm just saying the general like Applebee's. Don't Applebee's. come after us. No, no. I'm I'm literally just saying. I mean, I will disparage Applebee's. It's the worst There's of one them. In I, I like um, their riblets. I like they their... have a DJ there sometimes. It's very funny. But no, is my that point in, is on Fulton Street. Yeah, I drive by that all the time. It's, it's like my a club. Point, my point again awesome. is. They want Shout to out be, to the Fulton's Applebee's. They want to be objects of capital. That's what they're asking for. They should, in fact, be asking for resources and money and stuff that they need to survive the pandemic. And their conspiracy that they have is, in fact, that the government made up the pandemic to stop them from being objects of capital, which is the thing they really want. Okay, but in their defense for the last 40 years... The institutions that have surrounded capital that are public, government-driven, uh, have been demonized. Oh, yeah, no, no. I mean, and, yes, this is, it's certainly a reaction to Americans a conscious ideology. Americans do not know what they should feel entitled to. And and in the in what context? Well, right? I, the, and the reason if the government gives you something, it's necessarily bad. And yeah, yeah no, this is a constructed ideology, and, and like, yeah, and I'm that's not, I'm why not saying I, it's a yeah, mystery. I am, as to it's why. a constructed ideology. It's not a mystery to why. But you know what else? I want to break it down even simpler, guys. It's a fucking scam. They're scamming a- you. Absolutely a scam. Scamming you. They owe you money. But we don't come together for society to fucking give dipshits money and not get anything in return even when unforeseeable tragedies befall us this is not this is not what uh humans are uh, at least what i think i don't think there's any reason for us to come together this is where i get into somebody put in hypothesis into my brain and it was what if they didn't make the vaccines free and they made you pay for one two or three different price ranges, sold it on a marketplace, would that make it more palatable to the capitalist ideology to sell them 
the vaccines rather than have it just be something the government gave out to free? Would more people get the vaccines? No, I feel like I don't know because in my absolutely not. I am tempted to say in that scenario it would push people into this other place where they'd be like, wait, what the fuck? And it would push us into maybe a better place, re people's conceptualization of what we're owed healthcare wise because yeah. if we had a national healthcare system that had consistent record keeping and a way to disseminate care and all that I, shit I, we would not be in this dire of a situation I that's like fundamentally tediously that is true like it's, it's, I, I was just doing that fun. as a hypothetical as a as a joke to showcase capitalist ideology yeah i I, I would say okay there's two fronts it fails on number one (laughs) i didn't realize i felt this way number one and above and all is that uh the conspiracy theorists are a much smaller segment than the people who would be kept from the vaccine if they couldn't get it. Yeah, but they're all like in fucking Plato's like, cave seeing shadows and shit, so they don't know what the fuck is happening. Right, right. But like that. All right, like if it was if it was the cost of a candy bar. Like we we should actually like point out that the, the vaccination efforts have largely vaccinated the majority of Americans and the fact that it's free is part of that. And Not as much as South America. Sure, and, sure. Yeah, and yeah. Like, yeah. China could, and other yes, countries that yes, have successfully... Be, yes, I'm just... Why, right, why, you're, why, aren't you're, people horny, why aren't people horny for the patent stuff then? You're, you're if they want to be pro-capitalist here, why can't they get their dicks hard at the fact that we let poor countries die for this situation where we treat fucking medicine like it's intellectual your, property. Your hypothetical is should we have charged for it? And like, I'm just saying, like, no, if we charge for it, less people would have gotten vaccinated because. Oh man, and I'm such an idealist. I feel like if we charged it. for it, I feel like it would flip a switch and people would break all the windows. And, yeah. I don't know. No, and the other thing. I don't want to be disappointed again. I'm glad that didn't thing, happen. The secondary thing is. It doesn't become less of a conspiracy theory if you ask for money up front. Like the there See, will be. See, I a, would disagree with that. I I feel like there would be a number I, of people. I'm with who Marlo would on this. I feel like, like the the wanting oh, to want believe money. is oh, you so just want strong. Money now. I feel like we like, have a different because you're asking for money. I think that the distrust in the government is stronger than the distrust in the private sector. Yeah, no, I, and I, that is. No, because as far as they're concerned, Bill Gates is also the government. Like, as far as the, they don't actually make these There are strong... striations of this. And I do feel like there is value in more than my weird need to analyze people as if they are characters I could one day play. I do feel like it's interesting to think about what feels real and immediate to different kinds of people. And like... Yeah, yeah, there's not a consistent philosophy. Uh, Again, I'm only throwing this out as hypotheticals because we don't have... Nobody except fucking nerds adhere to a consistent philosophy in general. Like, for example, um, whenever the conversation comes up about tipping servers, right? And you have somebody who's like... (sighs) Why is it my responsibility to pay more because the business owner doesn't blah, 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 which is a fair argument, right? 
Often those people don't realize that servers have to literally pay out of pocket when you don't tip because they have to tip out the other kinds of staff based on the assumption you have tipped the minimum percentage. Mm -hmm. So if you stiff a server on the tip, the server's they losing. have to pay out of pocket. I have had to pay out of my own pocket for someone doing this. And I feel like if you know that intimately, you're just never going to do that. And the best people to wait on if you are a server or other people in the service industry, by far. Uh, or some dipshit who's drunk and loaded for no reason. Either one. Anyway. Shout outs to that guy. Shout outs. Um, <laughs> but I, I was only saying that hypothetical as an ideology kind of yeah yeah i just think i didn't no, okay. actually I think that i had a that. point with what I, where i was going though so sometimes people bring up tipping and blah 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 and it's a whole convoluted history but the worst are europeans yeah but they're the worst because they don't you, need tips they don't yeah it's not a different it's a job it's not the same thing i feel like if for an american if you put it in context of the material reality that that server who's waited on you you're not just paying for the service in some fucking weird imaginary courtly fucking gesture of i'm being waited on and i'm paying for shut the fuck up i hate all of that shit too like all that's whatever no it's a this person in this structure that exists before we were born we didn't like whatever you're choosing to participate in it if you don't tip or if you tip a tiny little bit this server is going to have to give money out of their own pocket of what they made that night to cover the difference and if you're okay with being that kind of asshole sure i'm fine with it uh i mean i'm i'm personally not fine with it but at least you're aware of what you're doing but so many people if they haven't had server experience they're just like oh it's this this conflict and what they want to rationalize is like well uh if you can't afford to live off tips then don't have that job and you know it acts like there's just a plethora of choices. A marketplace. A marketplace. Of, of ideas. ideas. And and you can just pick and choose. Well, and that's why I would be like, well, if there was a marketplace of vaccines, then uh, the hogs would be like, ooh, which one am I going to go to today? Instead well, of the- instead oh, of big governments forcing me to take the jab. No, I, I just, I, I think that honestly... Again, I don't actually yeah, believe this. Yeah, no, I, I think, I mean, number one, we should not overstate the effects of, you know... Oh, but the, also, everybody is going to circle the drain around whatever the bare minimum regulation is in uh, any context, in anything. So, oh, like, yeah, 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 well, absolutely. Even the whole reason I brought up the fucking servers is, like, you would have to be an ideological outlier who wants to like fucking stick their stake in the edge of the funnel that coalesces around the bare minimum and say I'm doing this because I have a outlier reason for adhering to these values but if I'm just trying to run a business even if I start out with these values amorphously I am only ever going to edge towards the fucking bare minimum because that's the nature of how this works my whole problem with this entire premise is that fucking countries did it so much better. Like, they were coerced... Which countries? I mean, the obvious one is China, but, like, 
South America. Advantage. South America, the Vietnam. Nation of South America. Well, no, and I'm just like, uh, what in particular? Do you think that people... Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not sure uh, I think if it's... I can judge how overreported people believing in conspiracy theories I think it's, is to, I, you know? I think it's generally that they trust their governments to be giving them something and also generally a centralized way of yeah, I would put putting it, more it out. On that. Uh, a centralized, I don't... a centralized message about it, which in America we don't have that. We, we have don't a have schizocracy that. of we, fucking like that should be the, the name of this episode. The schizocracy. By, the, by, the distraction is the point. By Deleuze and Guattari. Yeah, schizocracy <laughs> by the uh, D and G baby. D and G baby. D Dolce uh, and Gabbana. <laughs> <laughs> Deterritorial. Realizing the uh, anyway, um, how like we own our sex. Well, the next segment we're is, trying to audience. We're trying to be organized. We're trying to we're trying segment to ourselves a little audience, bit. Are you liking this production, Matthew? We are trying to make your job easier. The next segment is Bunny and Marlo watch stuff. Oh yeah, we do watch stuff. Uh, They're roommates. Marlo and I were roommates. Bunny and Marlo are now roommates. We all oh. were roommates. So we're, well, me and... We're Eskimo roommates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bunny, Bunny <laughs> and Steven Steve are Eskimo roommates. roommates. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> we were roommates yeah, by default. Golden Girls and Sex in the City. Oh, because Betty Sexy. White also died. Betty White oh, died. Oh, wait, we knew Betty White died last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, As we already it happened. That. You know what? This is just what we're oh doing. Oh, my God. We need oh, to. No. Oh, no. Next man, week. We Who's going to die next week? We mm. can't even plan things anymore. Let's just say Ted Danson. Ted Danson. (gasps) No, I said specifically, (laughs) I do not want Ted Danson to live out this year. God damn it. I want to watch Cheers. And you know I love old Teddy Boy. All right, so Golden Girls. We've been watching Golden Girls all night since I I got here. Real quick, like, we did in the last episode intend to talk about Satsy. As I'm going to keep calling it. Just like that, the new chapter of Sex in the City. Sex in the City, baby. Yeah, we, Which- we intended, uh, instead of like just meandering half asleep for four hours, we did intend to cover our yeah, Sex in the City. Yeah, we talked a lot about <laughs> Michelle Obama's presidential yeah, run. Yeah, yeah. I know, it really got in the weeds. Jesus um, <laughs> Okay, anyway. Um, Sex in the City. This is why we're structuring. Yep. But anyway, so we did intend to uh, so, discuss uh, uh, the I'm most Sorry to the audience. In- and I know I've said uncomfortable this several minutes of television. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I've ever uh, had to watch with a human. I definitely rewatch Sex in the City for Marlo's benefit, anticipating this reboot. We also or saw this, both movies. Yeah, the whole franchise. Yes, not am, carry the gone, early year CW show. We did not I go have there. Gone from not watching any Sex and the City to all of Sex and the City except for the CW show. Yeah. And just like that is the new HBO Max project, which is about the girls minus Samantha. Now they're fifty-five. Best character. They're fifty-five years old, and Samantha would be like sixty, I guess. 
if I remember their age difference. Getting to the golden correctly. Golden girls. inner sixties. Yeah, no, they're literally older oh, than they the are golden older girls. than the Golden Girls first season. Yeah, yeah. Carrie, the Golden Girls first Miranda season are and Charlotte are actually. So older. what are the differences between the new season of the Sex and the City okay, and the well, first season of fir- Golden Girls? We need to first just discuss the shit show that is the new season of the it's worst so- fucking thing it's ever. Like, I'm just there to be like, why? Why would you make these choices? They make so many choices and they're all and, wrong. And they're, they make choices that are wrong on a multitude of levels. One, they are inconsistent with the characters that they've established, I would argue. I especially hate Miranda's uh, storyline. I do not believe... Oh, yeah, Miranda... What's the storyline? I, I don't, don't believe Miranda well, okay. Hobbs, the only one with a good job and any real sense of, like... Well, again, I'll say Samantha was the Samantha only one was, with a yeah. sense of anything yeah, yeah. because she realized the absurdity Miranda of existence. Was, Miranda was this, like, lawyer. She was partner, like, She was young. partner at a giant corporate yeah. firm. And in this season, she decides, like, she's having, like, whatever life crisis and decides... She quits the firm and decides she needs to go back to school. She can't just represent underserved people. She has to go back to school to get a master's in... Um, human rights, human not a real rights, thing. Oh, okay. No, so like... thing. Yeah, so, okay. As, a very as, socially constructed thing. As an attorney... Also, also I, she's a pushover mom to her, like, old teenage son, which I don't buy. I feel like that's fucking... I feel like a more accurate uh, progression for Miranda Hobbs would be she's, frankly... She was too hard on her son. Not that she's letting her son fuck his hot Latina girlfriend indiscriminately while she has to endure hearing it through the wall. I was like, no, I don't buy this at all. And I don't like it. These kids give so much attitude. I don't like it. So if I could just say, Cynthia Nixon's character. Miranda. Miranda, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so. Our future governor. Miranda. True governor. Was a highly successful corporate attorney who got to a point in her life and career where she wanted to work for legal aid. And this is a thing that happens to people. It happens all the time. You meet these people. And the way you do that is you walk into any legal aid office. You say, I've been a corporate attorney for 30 years. I have all the money I ever want, and I'm willing to work for any price with all of my experience. And they say, welcome aboard. That's it. You don't need to go back to school. They're happy to have you. Also, in this position, realistically, this kind of woman could simply consult with the professor at the school who's teaching the oh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. She, she doesn't start... need to actually go back to school for this. It's... She, she could start her own fucking organization. She could just consult with her and be like, I want your expertise on these things that I'm not as familiar with. Like, and she accept... could do so many things. She could be boss bitching it. That Which is would not be more realistic? A master's they, they degree made her that so means lame. Nothing. They made her so lame, and they also are making us endure her like right. Late so life this is the worst. This is the worst part. Well, this is Some one of liked it. I there's am, there's two worst parts of God damn it, Miranda. Why do I, Miranda, why do I, I even fucking, know that now? Yes. Okay. 
There are two worst parts of Miranda's story. I didn't watch any of this. I'm just letting the audience know. The first worst part is her being racist to her professor and incredibly cringy. And it's and, the and, most. And I do think a woman like the like that character would be cringy, but in a different way. Every choice makes me so angry in a way that, frankly, keeps me coming back for more. It, it honestly, okay. You know what it makes me kind of think of is when I was a teenager marveling at it. When I was a teenager watching like Kevin Smith movies for the first time and after like three of them, I was like- He hates women. No, well, yeah, but no, no. My point was, oh, the main characters in his movie are for him and he's a piece of shit. And I'm not a piece of shit. And this character oh, isn't. Isn't that a thing? The first time you consider that the person who made the thing is maybe a piece of shit. Yeah, like, like and you're like, like the characters are I like, feel like it's on children these... you uncritically consume for a certain. Ex- well, yeah, you, can you know, you like or up... not like, but yeah, you don't you, you, think you, about where it's coming from until. You grow up in Jersey, you're in high school, you get in this like, oh, I, oh, indie films are good and interesting and a thing that I should pursue because I'm a smart person and what, whatever, you know, like we're all kids. And so, yeah, Kevin Smith and you watch Kevin Smith movies and every fucking movie, the main dude like learns this lesson that essentially equates to like, oh, maybe like women are people. And like after a while you think, oh, this lesson is for Kevin Smith specifically. Like, this isn't a lesson meant for me. I don't need this lesson. You know, and that's how I feel about Sex in the City, is it is just written by and for really awful people for whom all these things are really hard. And it's just like, they could have gone a different direction with the new stuff. They could have said, like, you know, yeah, our old show had its time and place, but it's a little dumb and like it got some things wrong and we're going to do something new with their new show. And it just feels like they assume their audience hasn't grown at all since then. Or I don't know. I just feel like there's some choices that I'm like, is this who you think we thought this bitch was? Even within the dumb context of the original Sex of the City, right? Which I'm not saying is like, oh, this beautiful thing that they're yeah, no, it, it's, it, it, but like, it's like it's also a bad show, but like I get where yeah, it fit. Mostly, at I the just time. mostly it's the Miranda stuff that bothers me. Also, I feel like well, okay, I feel and like we it's do, okay, we do need to get to the second worst thing with Miranda. Yeah. So then the other thing is like okay, and the. I this is here's the full context guys Cynthia Nixon was not an out lesbian until after Sex and the City stopped right or she didn't fully discover this about herself whatever there was a whole storyline in Sex and the City about how she got set up with another woman because someone assumed she was a lesbian and how she like really wasn't she really thought the girl was cool but la 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 that wasn't her yeah yeah well that's a classic 90s storyline so uh, which I feel like fits in. You, I feel like you have to put in the context of also like who the actress is and like et cetera. And then like these choices now with this reboot where in the movie with Steve and Miranda in the first movie, not the Arab spring movie. <laughs> uh, uh, but they did this thing where there was this, uh, 
you know, infidelity between Steve and Miranda, but then they came back together and they did this walk on the bridge and it was supposed to be all like lovely oh, and yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The and fucking it's like Brooklyn with the Bridge. reboot, they're like, you know what? Fuck that. They're like, fuck it, chuck it out the window. We're not like there's no great love story here. It well, is whatever. Uh, okay, it's twenty years later. Miranda is unsatisfied no, I'm gonna, in her I'm gonna marriage. Say, I'm gonna say I feel like later, it's whatever. disgusting that we're giving Carrie the beautiful love story with the dead husband who is a piece of shit. We're making uh, the weird kind of sweet thing between Steve and Miranda. Like they were like, you okay, know what? Like, I never liked Steve and Miranda. I'm just gonna say this uh, right off the bat. You I thought he was special needs. I yeah, know. And and I every Just scene he Queens. wait are you calling him the R word? Yeah, no, he like I literally the first scene I saw with them, I'm he, like you just oh. when he's a rebard. Yeah, like I was he's like a rhubarb pie. Uh, a I re- was like, oh, is this pie. like a special a needs adult that? Oh, is this like her cousin that she like helps out sometime? Like, it's literally my thoughts. I did not think well, it was a romantic I will tell partner. You, as a first watcher of the young person who watched this in the first run and etc this was like considered a very sweet sort of storyline in the in the context of which it I mean, originally you, okay aired. people so fall out of love and that's fine for it's me fine, but it, it's interesting to me what the creators are choosing to do because it feels like they want to okay but you're also bearing the lead with what the main issue with this was because she has non-binary sex in the reboot she as charlotte classifies the most uncomfortable sex it's scene a, it's a, with the worst character that's ever been added. So it's it's a character played by Sarah Ramirez, who is a fine actress, uh, actor uh, who like I like very much, but who is not a comedian, but is playing a comedian that seems to be based on some third-hand account of what Hannah Gadsby's Nanette was. Yeah, no, it is literally. Um, it they is call literally, it a comedy concert. I know this is well tread territory if, at this point, but like they keep they insist on calling it a comedy concert. If and Nick so Mullins. Crazy. Uh, assessment of Hannah Gadsby was made into a real person. It's the person in the show. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's like somebody took an worst. unflattering idea of what Nanette was and was like, "Let me make this a character yeah, like, in the new Sex like, in the City." It, 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 it's um, just the worst fucking character. So, but again, Kay, this is where Kay is non-binary. So I, I maybe I guess that's what they're like. Oh well, here's. She's not a lesbian. She's, you know, just into, you know. Well, she's pansexual, whatever. And who isn't? Yeah, but, like, uh, I'm I'm not thrown by Cynthia Nixon. Well, we're going to get canceled like contrapoints on this episode. I I like NB Mass. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, Che is a very bad character. It is... Her comedy is like a motivational it speech. Is, it is, yeah. In it's the, the sixty-year-old like, comics, woman's... and I want to say like even comics I know who like skew towards like where you'd be like, oh, they're a little bit like rah rah. This is like beyond the pale of that because yeah. it's like, are you ready to like be something different? No, I would. I just yeah. Or, no it, comedian. It's a motivational pep talk. The TED Talk. Except like a Christian comedian. It's like a church comedian who's like, oh my God, don't you hide it when your husband's like, you didn't make the biscuits right. They should be talking (laughs) 
to a liberal church's like LGBTQ group, like they they would make a great motivational speaker for them. They're a shitty Instead fucking she's comedian. Doing a Netflix um, comedy concert. Yeah, but okay. The but worst I, part is, and also everyone smokes weed. In bowls, like where we're in nice bars and venues in Brooklyn, and because weed's legal, uh, I guess because we're also comedians, we are smoking bowls and I guess cashing them wherever. It's so it's so but annoying. It's just That's it's the only detail. sign of okay, being cool. This is what I've been saying about the new season from the beginning, though, is it's just assuming that its audience has not grown at all. In 10, 15 Not only years. Assuming its audience hasn't grown at all, but also assuming its audience has never been to New York. Like this or is has such... never seen any other media here. Like, because this I think is... for me as a teenager seeing Sex in the City the first time, the appeal was like thinking you got this like Che is cast like oh you're getting this like seemingly to be an ambassador for gender non-conforming people to people who have never considered or experienced or anything more than an actual living breathing gender non-conforming person that I've ever met they're like simply cast to be a mascot and it's weird and offensive and then they have just a a sex scene that my quote was does this for the love of god have a 1.25 playback time he was like it's still happening like oh, it god. Went, oh my god it went on for so long it was, it and, was, and carrie needed to pee and, it, and was, uh, it was like a whole fucking thing oh yeah because carrie hurt her hip she had to get yeah, surgery carrie, carrie mentions that she has a funny hip for the first time and immediately someone's like you should go to the doctor and the doctor's like you should get surgery and she's like okay and it's like is, was it bothering you that bad this is the first time I've ever heard of this hip. Uh, but yeah, so she gets I surgery. I like Marlo is like, this is the first time I've ever heard of this hip character. Like, is it really affecting your life so much that it's something uh, you want to get surgery for? Like, it seems... Possibly. Uh, yeah, it could be. People yeah, get just, hips replaced all the time. Well, sure. if you recall from the actual episode, it was because she was using an umbrella to get up the stairs and seem out one of the many women of color who've been introduced. Oh, uh, do you have I've, a new sorry for Diwali? Yes. So in I've, this most recent episode, okay, yeah, it failed, but we would, and I'm, we are so the sorry. Test? Yeah, it would be the Indian Bechdel test from where we see it as white people. God, so sorry. Uh, but because literally- India is, is the- America of First of all, Asia. I don't believe that a Carrie Bradshaw, who is whoever she is in New York, at this point in her life has never heard of Diwali. Absolutely. One, what is this fascinating, bullshit. exotic festival bullshit. you and Browns two, are doing? she's never been to a fucking Indian wedding or a half Indian wedding. Fucking bullshit. You've been to a half Jew Hindu wedding, Carrie Bradshaw, in real life. I'm sorry. I just... Yeah, no, for her character as this New York socialite who's, like, kind of a page six person. among rich people? Yeah. Guess who can afford to come in on an elephant? (laughs) (laughs) Rich people. I'm so sorry. That was good. Anyway, Uh, so that was a Golden Girls joke. Yeah. Sorry. I have been watching a lot of Golden Girls. We yeah. have been watching a lot of Golden yeah, well, Girls. Well, Steve came in for but a section of me and Bunny also watching a shitload of Golden Girls. Which is, I've learned, the best sitcom of all time. It's a delightful Since show. Since All I in the Family. Every, I love every... I love everyone's bits. I love every... It's... Yeah. Yeah. 
I was just getting excited because I want we were watching it in order, and I got excited the first time that Sophia, the character, does a picture this Sicily story. Yeah, I mean it's picture common. This. Sicily, picture this. 1912 or 1922. I it's was with a man in an alleyway, and I love it. I love it because I had three sisters. The gypsies carried off. Yeah, like I love these. Because well, I, 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 I love wish these bits, and I imagine the writers' room just like compounding on themselves. Incredibly well written. It's really funny, and it's a lot of the same dynamics of sex in the city. Like it yeah, is a I lot saw of the memes that were like Blanche whatever. And Samantha and then, are kind of the watching, same characters. Watching it, I'm obvious. Like, and, Golden Girls, they were getting way more dick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like it's kind of a lot of the same dynamics to Sex in the City. The difference is the characters are likable and relatable and the jokes you know are what? really I, fucking funny. I, I wonder because like, okay, so I am someone who as, uh, I don't know if I've even admitted this before. So Sex in the City is based on the book Sex in the City by Candace Bushnell, who it was like, uh, what what do you call it? You when, rearrange the letters, that's Carrie Bradshaw. It, like, yeah, it was like a, what do you call it when you do a book that's loosely based on yourself? Oh, uh, Ramana Clef. Yeah, Ramana Clef, but it was like, you know, zhuzhed up a bit. So, exaggerated. I, I have read Candace Bushnell's well, Sex in the like City. Did it like sub names? Because that's the Ramana Clef. No, no, no. So, I don't know how many of these people existed in Candace Bushnell's real life, right? I uh, do know that. So uh, Ramona Clef would be specifically where like each character exactly. can be subbed so for like, a real person. It's like whatever with a the name. next like a degree removed with some fictionality is 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 what Sex and the City is. But Carrie is very much based on Candace Bushnell, which. Um, even Primary though, colors for the Clinton. Even Clinton's. though the, oh, yeah. uh, One of the, the greatest show deviates, of all time. the book is kind of like roughly the first season-ish right. or whatever. So the show, exceed, much like Game of Thrones, uh, exceeds um, and goes on its own path separate from the book. But... I will say the storyline with Barishnikov being one of Carrie's love interest is inspired by the fact that Candace Bushnell herself married a Russian ballerina. No, what's a man ballerina? Uh, <laughs> Ballet dancer, I know, but ballerino. I yeah. Yeah, sure. And so that was kind of the inspiration, and also Candace Bushnell, right? before the pandemic was doing a one woman show recently that was like a retrospective about her real life and how it like matched and deviated from sex in the city, the phenomenon. Really? I odd. also have not seen that so, as far as the also, sex in the um, city media. Also Candace Bushnell wrote another book called Four Blondes, which has one of the most horrifying anal sex scenes casually written I've ever read. <laughs> <laughs> I just you, want to put it you, out there. Can you give us a little taste uh, of it? I believe the guy, so it's about a girl who is hooking up with a guy named Comstock. Oh, Comstock. And she's kind of like, he's funny, but I'm also hooking up with him for like Hollywood reasons, but he'll only have anal sex with me. Mm. And the description of this scene is so, you're like, I know the person who wrote this doesn't think this is assault. But, like... Wait, wait, so what made it assault? Well, it's like he refused to have vaginal sex with her. Mm. And then it, like, came out later that this was all part of, like, how he was, like, yeah. Yeah, he was uh, traditional Greek. (laughs) Um, 
I, but I feel like he had a real, like, like uh, the way she described him was, like, always, like, he was very disgusting and, like, whatever, and he would only have anal sex, and, like, the character he was having sex with was, like, you know, actually, like, I think he's okay. Like, like, like at first, she's, like, thinking she's doing him a favor <laughs> by hooking up, and then she realized he's exploiting her, which I guess maybe is the Ooh, intended effect. But the specific anal sex scene made me go, mm, no, I don't want that. <laughs> I'd have to look it up, but I just remember it made it like made something sound squeaky or <laughs> whatever in a painful way, and I was like, mm. awful. Oh my god, Jesus! And it's just in a like chick lit book, essentially. Mm. Anyway, Candace Bushnell, I don't know what your trauma is, but girlfriend, get some help. I I don't know. I think she's probably fine. She's rich, yeah. um, but. Yeah, so I'm somebody who has this, like, sort of weird, like, I'm interested in, like, sort of uh, the framework of the whole Sex in the City thing. And um, this reboot, I'm just like, oh, man. Not enough anal sex that just might not be enough, confused just for not enough, um, assault. I feel like they could have benefited from basing it off of any real woman at all because <laughs> it's just based off well, like do you I don't get- know I just feel like honestly the only uh, thing about it that I almost like is it does feel like they almost hate their audience like they have that's why a the choices are so interesting to watch because I'm just like because I'm like <gasps> for any woman who would watch this? this show in a way yeah, oh, that okay. the only the I have a gripe I have a gripe about the recent one that uh, I do think is also funny so in the recent episode Carrie accompanies gay Anthony to the plastic surgeon for consultation, right? He'd already made this appointment with his former lover who's left him. So she's going for solidarity, right? But they get in the office and... She's an ally. And, yes. And the doctor initially is like, oh, what are we doing to her? And it's like, oh, I'm not even the one here. Whatever. And mm. then and then it, this doctor diagnoses Anthony, who's played by Mario Cantone, uh, with, quote, I believe, nice Italian skin. Mm. Um, which he does have. He's which beautiful. Is, Mario Cantone is, is a beautiful olive-skinned man. He's a beautiful olive-skinned man. Which is a way to say olive We don't want a ruddy northern alpine Italian fucking... Well, <laughs> let's get some... Let's get Michaela in so, here and have some arguments. I don't know. What is his complexion? He's Rome. He's Rome. That's yeah, southern that's Italy. Southern, yeah. But he's got very fair complexion. Yeah, so do a lot yeah, of so them. Yeah, so a lot of people he, got raped by white ter people. Yeah. It's like, not their fault. Yeah. Well, Michaela, <laughs> we're giving you some notice. Uh, okay, also, let's just say his hair texture. Uh, you know, I'm just saying. A little what? Uh, a little Moorish in the uh, in the family tree. All right, Michaela, you're on notice. We're gonna phenotype you when you come on. Uh, <laughs> We're gonna measure your skull. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Michaela. I'm on the yeah. pod. Anyway, regardless anyway. of what we believe about Italians. <laughs> <laughs> and we believe a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, your gripe about that? In this scene, so he's like, oh, you've got beautiful Italian skin. And then Carrie's like, well, um, if you were going to tell me what to do, like, what would you tell me? Like, like and Carrie always says this thing where she's like, little old me, like, aren't I cute? Sea lion. Um, which I, you know what? I do. Sarah Jessica Quaker, you are cute. I, you are not. I hate you. I, I have you such pocket. contempt Marlo for your has fucking character. Jew on Jew hate. 
I just ha- I just have the utmost. She's cons- Irish. She's Irish. Even I- more so. But anyway, um, <laughs> I just have the. Uh- She's Irish on one side, and also related to one of the last women executed at the Salem witch trials. Okay, I'm I'm mostly talking to Carrie Bradshaw because I yeah, I'm not who is different I don't, than Sarah Jessica Parker. Like I don't know anything about Sarah well, Jessica bitch, Parker because <laughs> I don't really give a shit. Uh, I but do. She's just terrible. Like just okay. Jerry from Rick and Morty. Like yeah. just pathetic. Fine. But so we're in this we're in this scene where we are in 2021 in a plastic surgeon's office in New York City with a woman who has just bought a penthouse in fucking the Matrix that exists in Hudson Yards. Apparently, she looks at this plastic surgeon and is like, "Oh, what would you tell me?" And he starts talking about. Oh well, like this how people age, and we would start with like maybe whatever in your elevens, and I'm like this bitch who is in the body of the actress Sarah Jessica Parker. We're supposed to believe that this woman, Carrie Bradshaw, 55 year old woman, New York rich person, has never had a single Botox or filler consultation in her fucking life. Okay. While we're looking at the actress who literally, obviously has Botox in her face. It I, is, I absolutely thought the same thing. It, it exceeds the levels of believability if you know anything about any of this. Okay. Oh, yeah, no. Okay, totally. but counterpoint, TV is made to establish an illusion, and you create that illusion. But they are pretending like they are hitting all these other notes of, exactly. of oh, we're being realistic, no, but they're not... But- also, this is nothing with, to say to Charlotte's fucked it's up all, work. It's all within the world. <laughs> Which nobody's speaking it's to. It's all within the world of the film. It's magic of the Sex and the City world, not necessarily the world of the actresses. I think it's on par with the kind of detrimental things that Sex and the City can be criticized for, is to pretend. And look, let's face it. Sarah Jessica Parker was already an unconventional looking person for a certain kind. Worst like featured. Look, I think Sarah Jessica Parker, the performer, is fine and charming in many ways. Noodly hair. And, you know, uh, my criticisms are of what I've heard of how she's handled her conflicts with Kim Cattrall. They've basically jettisoned any possibility of a second season because all of these accusations came out about Chris Noth, who was Mr. Big, who was killed in the first episode. <laughs> who I, which, I which was is, awestruck at the choice of is, how they did no, it. No, no, no. Okay, okay. I have some reference for this. But, it was, but they literally did this in Law and Order where they killed off Maloney's fucking wife in the first episode and that generated the entirety of the season. Did they do anything with Mr. Big? Oh, absolutely. Before this became big news, you could see that the through line for Carrie's storyline, I predict, would have been her struggling to figure out how to move on from this relationship with her dead husband and et cetera, and it being kind of this, like, sweet sort of probably something with the dumb records or some shit in the end and blah, blah, blah. But now they have to... Motherfuckers ruined Todd Rundgren for me. Yeah, now now they have to contend with the fact that Chris Noth... I don't want to work. I just want to bang on my drum all day. 
Yeah, yeah, is. yeah. So it's like now they have to contend with that Chris Noth is uh, big ups to that song. Credibly accused by multiple women of sexual assault and has been let go from his management, his representation, and the other show he was on. Mm. So they were even planning maybe another like flashback or fantasy scene that he had already filmed, and they just cut that completely. Mm -hmm. And I also think they were attempting to mend some sort of fences with Kim Cattrall that didn't go anywhere. So I think that's also The only thing I've heard, criticism I've heard before listening to this prattle, was that it was too woke. That seemed to be... It's not that it's... No, it's not that... It's it's that it's somebody who didn't get the full memo of what Sex and the City could be criticized for and superficially is addressing these points in the sloppiest way possible. No, it, it feels like it... But in a narrative structure. It feels like something written by Nick Mullen as a bit, as a like character of a woke feminist TV writer for the new Sex in the City. Like, there's this one like exchange with Miranda and her black professor where it, it's like, yeah, oh, she thought that the professor was a student, and it's like, okay, whatever. It's not that fucking big of a deal unless you're an insane person who has to go, oh, is it racist that me talking about it is racist? Is it racist, 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 racist? And it's just like, shut the fuck. Whereas I feel like the character that was previously established of Miranda would have been somebody who already looked up those things, right? Who who wouldn't have, in the immediacy of an awkward situation, asked those things. She would have been awkward in a different way, maybe a more interesting way, if these people let these characters breathe at all instead of we're going to deal with gender issues and this and that and we're going to do it in the clumsiest way possible. Which is where the, I think, criticism comes in from people who are superficially engaging with it or at least coming at it with somebody who hasn't seen the series since it first aired and now interested in the next season of it. Yeah, I mean, for me, I recently rewatched it with Marlo and previously, like, just a little while ago. Uh, but I hadn't watched it in, like... Ten years. Like, since it was on the first time when I was a very young person. So it was really interesting for me to watch it again, being somebody in their 30s and being like, what? Because I had watched it as a essentially a child and just been like, oh yeah, I guess that's what that is. It does just, at the end of the day, feel like it is written for a group of people who are stuck 15 years ago for whom they go, oh yeah, all this trans stuff is so confusing. That's how I feel. Oh yeah, all this race stuff is so confusing. That's how I feel. Which gets into the criticism that it is like... Trying yeah. to and catch up to the off, times and, and then it comes off as ham fisted quote, quote unquote. But like it's like it's not even the problem. It's just fucking stupid. And that is a problem when you have media that tries to reflect an algorithm of what they think what people want to see. You know, and that's really what it comes down to, what people are resistant to, is this algorithm of a certain percentile of people of different racial disparities that are going to represent a certain percentile of the population that if you don't pander to, then they're going to feel... 
I will definitely admit I have a, an optimistic bias in this area where I feel like if the creative team was more committed to like a creative and storytelling authenticity about these particular characters, because I don't think they think they're pandering. I think they think they're being like, we hear you. <laughs> Which is pandering. And um, Which is literally pandering. I, I, okay, well, fair. Yeah, there's... But I do think creatively... We're changing with you the can times. Still, you can still consider these things, but they like Saved failed. by the bell. Yeah, they failed at... Like, that's a show that does it right. Like, that is just... There, there is a show out there that actually does... This is Bunny and Marla Watch Stuff Hour, but... Uh, yeah. Is there another? The last one was the Lawrence of Arabia. We uh, all watched well, Lawrence of gonna, Arabia. I was going to uh, transition by oh, okay. talking about Lawrence of Malabia, which is the best joke from wow. uh, Samantha in Sex in the City 2 movie. Oh, yeah, that was um, a funny joke. Oh, God, it's so stupid, and I, I love mean, it. You know, it was set up by the most racist things yeah. ever on TV. I know. A movie screen since Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> yeah, so, yes, we watched Lawrence of Arabia. And it was, you know what? I'm an old movie person, you but I like, I like the Thank old. Thank you for being a friend. Yeah, I like, I like Golden Matt, Age actresses more than I like epic movies without any women in them. Yeah, no, what <laughs> you really want. I have seen want... now Lawrence of Arabia, and that previously I've seen Master and Commander. So I've seen a lot of movies with like zero ladies. All dicks. Epics. All dicks, epics. Landscapes, expanses. And wars, war time. War times, uh, bum buddies, gay oh, characters. Yeah. Implied. Homosexuality that was repressed in the media itself. I'm just going to start right out and say my favorite thing about Lawrence of Arabia is that... Makeup. Yes. Peter O'Toole, I have been trying Beautiful to get my man. eyeliner like his all I've day. I've been trying to look like Alec Guinness. Um, Absolutely. I, the best character in the movie. I also loved Peter O'Toole's physicality as Lawrence. He's a dandy he's little a, man. He's a and queen. I fucking like... Oh, my God. When he is wearing the clothes and like caping in the desert i was like yes bitch and then, um, I, and then I have, some arab dudes like what the fuck are you doing queer i went to uh burning man festivals and wore a nice little dress and that's how i acted uh i felt a kinship to that level of flamboyance anyways lawrence of arabia goes back a long time I've seen it like a hundred different times. I love the movie. I love the setting. I'm somebody who values watching uh, your classics, your et cetera. And I just hadn't really, I just hadn't really watched and, it. And um, the shots of the desert really made me feel like, oh my God, is that what the desert's like? Holy shit. It's like, riveting. It, it gave me a sense of sort of what those vistas are like, what they're like to live it's in. It's only a model. Uh, how I, you can I look over the horizon try. and it looks so quiet and, you know, I don't know. I just felt like, even, even if it's not entirely accurate, I felt a visceral sense of... The spectacle of, of the desert. Of, yeah, and of what sort of I thought we were supposed to get from Lawrence's... Uh, 
his acclamation and love of it. Well, the reason why I suggested the movie is because I kept bringing it up during our Dune review as my only reference point to a desert movie because... And there's only three desert kinds of movies. It's Lawrence of Arabia, it's Dune, and it is Beetlejuice. (laughs) 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 Three Kings. No, Three Kings is the third kind of desert. I like how that implies that there's sandworms in Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. Well, I, I watched... Dune without knowing anything about Dune and I was like, oh, it's Lawrence of Arabia and you guys were it's fairly accurate with some um, differences, but yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely it's a similar theme of Orientalism of a white guy going to a native tribe and becoming native and I guess like is space Orientalism okay? Well, I mean, space orientalism is only... Joking. Space aliens are going to orientalize us. That's the joke on us humans. Well, that's... At least the white ones, us. That's (laughs) Arrival. That's the theme of Arrival. that's the theme of Arrival? I like it because I kind of think aliens are already watching us and they all, like, the same way that we do stupid, trashy media, it's about watching us. Uh, for them, and they're all like spending too much money on their equivalent of the internet to tune into this recording right now. And they're just like, oh my God, have well, uh, you tuned into well, Earth lately? The, the theme of Arrival... I'm on this channel. The, okay, the, the, the channel of Arrival is that these heptapods come to Earth and then give you the gift of the language, which is supposed to endow you with... Yeah, it, knowledge of the future. Yeah, it was just a metaphor for French colonialism. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, and it, because uh, when you're and, educated in the French style, you do that like essay thing. And yeah. and absolutely, it makes you feel very uh, precious because yeah, it's a better language than yours. And and well, first, I will say this, and then I will say this. And speak, and oh my God, I predicted what I will say. And speaking of colonialism. Lawrence of Arabia is all about colonialism and the interests of the English and French on the Saudi Arabian Peninsula and Jerusalem and all of these other things that were these macro things that happened in World War One that I had no reference point until much later in life while watching it. I was like, why are these... Because World War One is the less stupid. cool world, it's, world war. It's the rhubarb... It doesn't have Nazis. It's the rhubarb pie of wars. Are all the wars we know of pies? Because <laughs> that... <laughs> With- uh, which war? I'm like, what's the war of 1812? War? Yeah, it's uh, which one's the, the pecan French-American part? War? I'm going starting with the pie and trying to assign yeah. it to a war. And are some like meat pies? Oh, savory pies. There's oh boy. Oh pies. boy. <laughs> but uh, what do you think of? Yeah, I mean, well, it's Lawrence like of what Arabia. happens when an English person goes to any other culture. They're like, well, that's better than what I have. And so they would <laughs> like to have that instead. And there's a reason for that. It's because they don't know how to cook anything except boiling it. Well, and then you have to just eat some slop out of uh, Howie Tats. They're good at sweets and treats. And savory pies. As savory we just... pies. You know what? I will admit, I like a shepherd's pie. I like a cottage pie. I like a pot but, pie. But I do. The, 
I like um, a mince pie. <laughs> but this whole like Englishmen going to another culture and deciding that it's more flavorful than theirs. Or via their experience of the culture and then like experience some aspect of it and then going, oh, it has value. But that's but that's that just, inherently brings oh it. Oh, God, supposed, I'm going to have to go back to England someday. Yeah, yeah no, and die in a fucking motorcycle. That, that's what I liked the best about it is that I didn't think it was going to be that melancholy where you felt like he got like, real happy here and then they were like, we don't even know you now. Bye, British dude. <laughs> Uh, with your blue, blue oh, he's, ass eyes. He's, he stands which up. Which we associate he, with being evil. He, he Thank stands you very up. Much. He stands up and he's like, I am the king of Arabia. Come serve me. Oh, you're in an English uniform? You fucking suck. You you mean nothing to me. After living as a worm god for like the second half of that movie. It's interesting to think about how this story was very compelling for people. I mean, the movie itself is like gorgeous, right? It's and it's a feat of filmmaking, it's et cetera. But preceding the film even being made, the like book it's based on was was a bestseller. A bestseller. Uh, people it was like Seven love, Kingdoms or something yes, like that. Like the the wisdom of the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah, wisdoms I of the think. Seven Kingdoms. And there was a biography of T. Lawrence, who was much shorter in real life than. Peter O'Toole. I also want to point out that the whole time I'm watching him in the robes in the movie, I'm just thinking of Moonlight Night, yeah. Sailor Moon fans. You know, and when Tuxedo thinking, Mask forgot who he was, and he was we were, Moonlight Night. And Marlo, He's just Lawrence of Arabia. And Marlo and I were thinking of Sheik. Ocarina of Time. Yeah, Ocarina of Time. Yeah. It is interesting because it is the British Empire collapsing at the time of this movie being made. Oh, at the time of the movie being made. Right. Yes, yes. And much like the James Bond movies, there is a rectifying or a historicizing... Yeah, I'm amazed at Also that. the Harry Potter movies, if you listen to my 40-minute rant. Oh, God. What's your 40-minute oh rant? Oh, God. We can't, get, we no, can't start absolutely this. Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. We'll do it not. next time. We we'll do it next time. But Lawrence of Arabia is the collapsing of the British Empire in the 60s after they lose India and you have to historicize the glory of the British Empire and the well, interest isn't the best way to do it by creating a hero the individual experience of somebody who like because that's what we do about anything that's like done badly on a grand scale is if we can like reduce it to like one person doing what they thought was best yeah, and, and Lawrence also, in Saudi Arabia and King Faisal were all on the wrong side of history oh well, yeah except against the Turks yeah, obviously of course. Um, <laughs> but they were like the bad guys yeah, in the no, grand they, they all yes I mean the King Faisal. Clearly, there awful. were no women uh, um, involved. Yeah, but they weren't the Justice they Democrats. Have, they did not even have the ability to be heroes because there were no women involved. Well, and I want to point out that this comes at a central part of the shift from a modern idea of empire building to what would end up being the American-centric idea of hegemony and um, an American like landscape of Hollywood. I mean, because uh, Hollywood I, generated what America was. 
I, I will just say I Hollywood feel like the depiction is what America is. It's our greatest absolutely. export. It's the thing and, that and anybody anybody outside of this country even wants that we make. And it and it went from a German person making a fucking typewriter to a British person imperializing half the earth to American Hollywood. Like that was where all the money was by the 1960s. And this is, you know, the last bastion of... Technically, the Chinese invented movable type Bowzo. Oh, I'm I'm talking... It's mostly just an excuse to use the word Bowzo in a sentence. But you know what I mean? Like the, the... the center of gravity in the imperial capitalist world moved to American Hollywood scene by the 1960s. And the British have to come to terms with the trauma that they're no longer the hegemony. And so they have to make stories about their great individuals that... I'm always and meanwhile- fascinated with the people who... Because even the, even the British people I know personally have never been like, yes, the British Empire is good and it brought civilization to all these people. So whenever I come across somebody expressing that very sincerely, I'm like, well, do you know, and I might have mentioned this before because it's one of my favorite fun facts, do you know uh, Michael Myers, not the murderer from movies, but from Austin Powers. (laughs) Yes. He's Canadian, but his dad was a Brit. And his dad was one of these people. And his dad wouldn't even eat pineapples well, because of what they did to Captain Cook. Well, okay. Okay. And I think this is hilarious. The, I think this is insane. The Hawaiian Islands are rightfully a kingdom that should be restored to kings. And we should fight back against both the American Empire and the British Empire and restore. A monarchy but, on the monarchy of Hawaii so, was set to, up by the British I need to draw Empire. attention to the idea that Captain Cook himself is an individual that we need to be sympathetic to because those damned Hawaiians tricked him. Is a funny thing for someone's dad to be really intense about to the point where they don't eat pineapples. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's also funny to me because there are these Britishy parts obviously in Canada because it's in the Commonwealth, but my f- family famously is from Quebec, even though they're Anglo speaking, not connected to any kind of, but anyway, it's always funny to me. The people who think like the experiment of the British empire and et cetera is like this beautiful thing. Well, I mean, it's at this point, merely a mirror to the American exceptionalism because there was a British exceptionalism that existed there in certain minorities and segments of the population, mostly Tory population. There is a British exceptionalism that believes that if British imperialize, then they'll better the world. And I mean, can they help it? We're all speaking English right now, right? No, this is American. <laughs> well, yeah. I know. That's the, that's the thing is that... The, we won. This is American uh, now. The British exceptionalism turned into American exceptionalism in that now we are the center of gravity for global capitalism and there's no turning back from that until somebody else takes over as the british still have a monarchy they never fully like realize themselves through the enlightenment and are therefore still uh stuck as pre-modern non-subjects is my thoughts on it 
Oh, man. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia, yeah. great film. Uh, I recommend it. Uh, no, good movie. I do, and I like old movies. I like, uh, I also... If am- you like Avatar, if you like Dune, this is the blueprint for those. Yeah, no, if you, like, you know, if you, if you like... If um, you like a gay Captain man... Captain America, colon, Civil War, uh... You know, just uh, <laughs> open up a big box of popcorn, sit down like, with the I family. I feel like amongst the plethora of MCU movies, there's probably one that has more desert than that. If I if I could actually yeah, analyze, no, no I'm I'm going God with that one. Um, but, this uh, is yeah. the most desert uh, you'll ever fun get, though. Romp for the whole family. Uh, Four hours. Like, Full disclosure, I fucking love Spider-Man. It was so good, guys. Oh, shit. <laughs> it took, yeah, like, whatever. Unapologetically, it was very satisfying. Even though it anyway, is part of this thank you monstrosity. all for being na, a friend. Na, 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 na. I'm doing- yeah, play the Lawrence of Arabia Game theme. Game of Thrones theme. No, no. play <laughs> the Lawrence of Arabia theme behind the Golden Girls lyrics. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, Matt, do, Matt, do, do mash a mashup. It'll take an Matt, extra week before Matt, it gets do out. Girl talk. Yeah, and Make then, and then, do, talk, and then also throw in the Sex and the City, dun, 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 like uh, just throw it in there randomly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as a little trick. As a bridge. As a bridge. Um, yeah, all right, we got this. All right. Goodbye. All right. What is it, Tanker? It's clean. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down. You